Welcome to the Chronic Spoonful podcast, where we discuss real life with real chronic illness. Each week, we'll cover an aspect of real life spoony living and what that can mean for different chronic illnesses. We hope this will be a place you can go for updated spoony info and where you'll find humor because, you know, we're a little crazy, important information, and community. As a disclaimer, we just want to remind you that, yes, we'll be talking about chronic illness and health information, but we are not your doctor. Everyone's chronic illness is different, and we are absolutely not MDs, so we are not qualified to give you medical advice. We're going to tell you unequivocally to discuss anything we talk about on this podcast with your doctor. Hey, so now that all that's being said, and we've gotten through that, um, let's talk about what's new and noteworthy and happening right now. Uh, We've got, of course, COVID and the COVID vaccine updates, because we're just not going to get away from this topic ever. Um, So true. It feels that way, doesn't it? I just don't think it's going to go away um, for a long time. And it's not going to, I think it's going to stay in new and noteworthy because there's always something that comes up with it. Uh, But in good news, happy news, Biden announced that we're going to have enough vaccines for everyone in the U.S. to be vaccinated by the end of May. This is just, I think, amazing news. Um, I I don't know that uh, we've had amazing news come out of the vaccine updates lately. And true. I think we needed something positive. Um, I don't think this means we're going to be having unrestricted parties come summer. But (laughs) (laughs) the doctors keep saying, okay, you know, just because you get the vaccine, (laughs) make sure that you wear a mask and social distance for the next, you know, so many months. And we have to remember there's the South African strain now that we're dealing with the UK variant. We don't know yet how these vaccines are going to hold up with those different variants. Right. Right. And, you know, even with like the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, there's you know, there's a certain percentage where it prevents against severe illness, it prevent, you know, prevents you from getting put on a vent, it prevents all that, but it's not going to prevent you from getting COVID period. So you might just get a little bit sick. So, so and for some people that have these chronic illnesses, that little bit sick is not just a little bit sick. You no, know? definitely. Cause then it causes us to flare, you know, it kicks yeah. off a flare of our conditions and makes them worse. Yeah. It's very tricky. So I think, you know, we still need to be careful. I, I believe, you know, this isn't like, well, you know, we're going to bring up Texas anyway. This isn't like, hey, take off all your masks and open everything up and just go for it. And Mississippi. Um, and Mississippi and a few other states. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think this is taking our time and doing it the right way uh, in spite of people who don't want to read the science, but it's still really good news. I mean, this is going to reduce hospitalizations. This is going to reduce the burden on intensive care. This is going to get us started in the right direction to open things back up. You know, I don't want us to be fooled that we're going to go back to life before before 2020. I don't think mm-hmm. we're ever going back to that. No. Um, not that any of us had the life everyone else had. Very true. 2020, but I think life is going to be a little bit different. I think people are going to be kind of afraid of each other too. You know, like when people first take off their masks, we we haven't been social in so long. We haven't been around each other in so long. It's going to be weird. It's going to be so strange to hug somebody and not be like, 
terrified of them, you know, like, am I going to kill you? Or are you going to kill me? I mean, <laughs> it'll just be so nice to be able to hold someone's hand and that, you know, I mean, right? we're still going to always have to be careful. I mean, the flu is here every year, you yeah. know, so we don't know if it's just going to be a something like that, you know, where the, the right. COVID virus will be like the flu and it'll, we'll have to get like a yearly shot you know, right. a yearly vaccine. We don't know yet. So we don't know. We, there's still so much we don't know. So, but you know, nothing, I don't want any of this unknown to diminish the fact that having these vaccines for everyone, ha- being able to start ro- like rolling this out, this is amazing. It's amazing news. It's such good news. I, you know, I just, I want to, I want to just sit on that for a little bit and just be kind of happy because we haven't had happy news. We haven't. It's Um, exciting. This is great news. It's so exciting. And, you know, and then other exciting good news is that the stimulus bill was passed. So people are going to get their $1,400 stimulus checks. Um, Not everybody, but most people will get their $1,400 stimulus checks. People who are on unemployment, that's going to be extended. It's not going to be taxable, which is a huge burden off of people. Um, so you won't get a surprise next year for your taxes. And, um, you know, it's, it, it's just, it's so, it's so helpful for people who lost their jobs. And especially, you know, for people who do have chronic illnesses, we're looking for a job is, is hard. It's hard because it's exhausting, you know, and we deal with chronic fatigue and brain fog. So there's only so much you can do when you're looking for a job on any given day. Um, so, so that's great. It's more money for COVID relief. This is, this is a, it's a good day. It's a it good is. weekend. It it's is. a good Very weekend for, um, for, for people. Um, it's not such a great weekend for Texas and Mississippi and some other States though, because I have a feeling their um, hospitalization rates are going to go up and doctors are going to be seeing a lot more patients. Well, I just think it is so incredibly selfish that you would open up. I mean, it's like he's not even thinking about the people in his state who have all these chronic conditions. And if they get hit with COVID, they're probably not going to make it or they're going to have some, they're going to be one of the long haulers. That's just so unfair. Well, I think too many people are looking at um, death rates and not looking at um, just yeah, the potential for long haul, the, the, the unknowns of what happens when you get this disease and, and what it's actually doing to the body. Uh, because even these people who said they recovered, now they're finding out, well, I recovered, but now I have like problems breathing or now I have this going on and I recovered like six months ago, but now I feel weird. We don't know the long-term effects of, of this illness. It, so to just open up and say, yeah, business, 100%. Um, no restrictions. You don't even have to wear a mask. It's insane. I it, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. And that's not even for like people with chronic illness. I don't even get it for healthy people. Neither for do older I. People. You know, my dad's 83. I I would I I would just be so scared. I mean, now he's got his vaccine, but I would be so scared to like even let him out of the house. Oh, I feel, you know, my dad has lung cancer. And um, even though it's I guess we could call it right now, like controlled um, currently, but you know, I'm terrified, even though he's had his vaccine, I am terrified that he is still going to catch this. And even though he might get a mild case that could kill him. Right. You know, I mean, oh my God, it's just, I don't understand why that was even a thought. And I'm waiting to see like Florida do the same thing, right? you know, and other States. So 
It's just because they, they announced on the news the other night that there's a special clinic being opened. It's dedicated to people with long haulers. That's how yeah. many people have problems after COVID. Yeah, they're starting to see some not so great um, effects of this. So yeah, the fact that they're doing these studies now on these long haulers, and it's not a small, it's not such a small group. It's not. Um, and so I feel like this is going to be another version of chronic illness we see. And the fact that we're just lifting 100% of restrictions is just irresponsible. It's just it irresponsible. I, I, I cannot understand it. And to say that, well, we just trust Texans to do what's right for them. I get it. I get personal responsibility and I do, but you also, as a leader have to be a good steward over the people you are being entrusted to lead. And being a good leader means making decisions for them and making healthy decisions for them. It doesn't just mean saying, oh, go do whatever you want to do. Oh, yeah. Um, that's, that's like telling your kids to just, oh, you know, here the door's open. Now you're five years old. Go be. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You, you've got you to gotta help and guide them. Like, you're the one who has access to the science. You're the one who has access to the to the best doctors studying this stuff. Not everyone in your state does. So they don't have the information you do. Mm-hmm. You've got to be the one helping them make the best decisions. And just opening your state like that, that's not helping them make mm-hmm. the best decisions. I just feel like it's bad stewardship. It's bad decision making. It is. And it's, it's truly irresponsible. And it's, yeah, it's bad leadership. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that ends our new and noteworthy se- section on a bad <laughs> note because we just had some great news. Um, but, and, and so we're ending that on a, if you live in those states who are lifting restrictions, we hope you're staying as safe as possible. Yes. Um, be careful because like, you know, study up on your work, your labor laws and all that type of stuff because it's going to, we're starting to see some of that. And I think maybe we'll talk about that on another episode when we talk about chronic illness and work. Because there's a lot we could go into. With Most definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, but today we're not going to talk about labor laws and that type of thing. Today we're going to talk about some amusing but not amusing things. Because I think if we if we don't laugh, we're going to cry. Yes. Um, the things we've all heard. So we're talking about what not to say to someone with chronic illness. Mm. Um. As Spoonies, I think the things we're going to talk about, we've all heard ad nauseum. And uh, I'm going to say most people, when we talk about these statements, are saying them to us in the most good-hearted way possible. And I think they mean to help. I really do. I think when someone says any of these statements, they probably mean to be nice they don't realize they're being hurtful or ignorant or any of these things. And so internally, as much as you want to scream from the rooftops, will you please stop saying this to me? <laughs> so true. <laughs> um, or punch them in the face. Yes. Or put your foot where the sun don't shine. Um, it's, we have to try our best to take a step back and 
educate, educate, educate. And unfortunately that burden falls to us again, like all these burdens fall to us. Mm -hmm. Um, but most of these people probably don't have anyone in their lives who are chronically ill. They've never met anyone who's chronically ill. They have no clue what our illness is, what it means or understand any of this. So unfortunately that education falls to us. It does. Um, just like we don't really, I mean, we really don't, we don't understand what it's like to be a healthy person. I don't remember ever feeling what other people have told me they feel like. I've never felt that kind of a normality. You know, I mean, I just, mm -hmm. I've always been, even when I was young, constantly tired. Like I had pains in weird places. I couldn't stay up real late. I needed certain amounts of sleep. Even in my twenties, I couldn't go out and like, just, you know, run amok and party and everything. I just couldn't do that. My body was like, nope, you're good go home. Or like people who tell you that they get a runner's high. Like, yeah. What's that? Yeah. I don't understand that. No. Um, or yeah, there's just, I, I think I've forgotten what it's like to feel healthy. Definitely. Um, but you know, so we wanted to kind of go over some of the things that people say that make us kind of just shake our heads now and uh, talk about some responses we can say and all that fun stuff. And it's, it's going to be kind of, I think, amusing to go through these things and just let you know, you're not the only person who hears them. And we'd love to hear from you guys um, on our Facebook page, on our Instagram, on Twitter. Um, and, you know, I'm going to put up a blog post with all of these things. We'd love to hear from you guys on stuff you hear, um, how you've dealt with it, because these are super amazing things. And I'm positive you all have heard them before. Um, so the number one, number one thing I think we've all heard is, but, but you don't look sick. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And I honestly think that one truly the average person means it as a compliment. Yeah. You know, but it's so, and they don't understand why we're not, you know, like, thank you so much. That's the best thing I've ever heard. No. Right. <laughs> I just, cause like the thing that goes through my head is like, am I supposed to, does my illness have a look? Is it supposed to have like, am I supposed to have like physical scarring? Am I, you know, cause I think like most people, when you tell them you have a chronic illness, they go to like the flu or a cold where you have like a red nose and like runny eyes or like you should look like you should have bags under your eyes like you haven't slept for a million years or you should be limping or drooping or something. Um, and I don't or think wearing something on your head like a cancer patient when they lose their hair with right. a wig or something, you know, I mean, that's how they think we're supposed to look. Right. And I think that, you know, it, it kind of what they don't realize is that, you know, we we look normal on the outside. It's usually our internal pain, our internal nausea, our internal sleep clocks that are off. Our, we're, we're dealing with it all inside our internal gastrointestinal, you know, our gastrointestinal system that's off. Um, so we don't always look so sick on the outside. We can all look perfectly normal. Our hearts may not be working properly. Mm -hmm. um, we put on makeup to cover up some of the stuff that maybe somewhat external. Yeah. You know, like I've got veins that show through my skin. Um, and most of the time people don't notice it until I wear like a V-neck shirt. And they're like, 
okay, I can see your veins or like I'll wear a bathing suit and they're like, you are super pasty. How come I can see your veins? Mm-hmm. Um, or just like with discoid lupus, which affects the skin, it can, it can be like burns or these yeah. patients are put into the burn unit because of what's going on with their skin. Right. But they cover it up with clothes mm-hmm. and you might not see it or, you know, there's, there's ways that we cover up our chronic illnesses that, so people don't notice them. Um, or like the chronic fatigue, we may not look like we have chronic fatigue because we're pushing through every day to get through it. So like we may be giving all our spoons to work. And so they don't see what it's like when we go home and we can't move from our beds because we've given all our spoons to that day. Absolutely. Um, you know, so when people say things like, oh, just push through it, um, that kind of goes along with what, you know, you don't look sick because they don't realize that we, we are pushing through it Yeah, as hard <laughs> as is, we can. This is our pushing through it. Yeah. Every um, day is a battle. Yeah. I think that all kind of goes along. And I think it's up to us to say, you know, a thank, you know, thanks for thinking I look this good when I, my insides don't feel that great. You know, you say something like, oh, I wish my insides felt as good as I looked on the outside. Um, I I think that's always a nice thing to say and uh, just respond with, you know, I'm trying to get through each day um, to try and be as normal as possible. But the the outside is as normal as I get because the inside just isn't. And try to explain to people like what it feels like on the inside. Yeah, because that's a very dismissive statement. You know, when someone says that you're, you're taking what I'm going through and you're like, it can't possibly be that bad because you look pretty good. Yeah. Maybe you're mm-hmm. actually just a hypochondriac. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what? Just because we're sick doesn't mean we don't like nice clothes. Yeah. And just because we're sick doesn't mean we don't like our makeup done, mm-hmm. but it might mean it takes us four times as long to get dressed or five times as long to put on our makeup or do our hair. So I think, I think, yeah, it is dismissive um, because not only does it dismiss what's going on with us, but it, it makes us feel like we shouldn't have anything normal. Yeah. Or we're nice. not deserving. Like if you're sick, you're not deserving of anything. Um, so I, I do think it's about educating people about what's actually going on and why we want to feel nice sometimes and why we want some of these nice things. Definitely. Because we do need to feel some of that normalcy sometimes. Yeah. And, or feel pretty. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that's such a good feeling, you know, to put on something that makes you feel good about yourself. And, mm-hmm. you know, my mom got me a coach purse for Christmas and I had overheard someone talking about people that are like on public assistance in any way. And they're like, oh, well, they shouldn't have some nice coach purse. Like what right. gives you the right? And I'm like, how do you know that I actually bought that? That was given to me, but right. why don't I deserve that? You know, why exactly. can't I have something nice? I, yeah, that bugs me too. Mm-hmm. That bugs me too. Like you can't have nice things because you're disabled, you're disabled or you have a chronic illness. You just can't. Um, or Yeah. Like, like we don't deserve anything. Just make it worse for me. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Just makes you feel like you're a complete burden and somebody, everybody wishes they could get rid of. Right. So, I mean, it's a very negative thing like that we're talking about right now, but, um, I, I think that we can turn it into a positive when people get educated about it and, 
I think most people respond pretty well when they learn like what they should say and how they can help. Um, and some days it, someone might say, but you don't look sick. And you can say, oh yeah, that's just because I'm having a really good day today. And it could be because you're having a really good day that day. Yeah. Um, and just say, you know, I was able to do X, Y, and Z, and this is a really great day for me. Um, I'd love it if you could help me through one of my bad days, or you should see me on one of my bad days or yeah. something like where, but don't dismiss your chronic illness. And I think that some of us do that sometimes too. And we, we just kind of like, you know, try to downplay ourselves because we don't want someone to feel bad or no, uncomfortable or uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But the thing is people don't know what to say to chronically ill people. They don't because it's kind of like un- an uncomfortable thing for them. Yeah. Um, it's all, you know, part of it is because they don't want to face their own fragility. Uh, that that's just a psychological thing. They don't want to face that this could happen to them. They don't want to face themselves that way. And it makes them do that. Absolutely. But make them face it. Yeah. Don't downplay yourself. You, you have every right to be chronically ill. You have every right to your own needs. And don't downplay things for no. people. No. I'm not saying to shove it in their face. Mm-mm. But be who you are. It takes time to learn to do that. And it takes time to learn to do that with tact. Yes. (laughs) But um, yeah, but it's, it's an educational moment. Um, Yeah. And it's hard. I I mean, not every single time are you going to want to educate someone either. You know, I have a a friend of mine who's got lupus and she takes every situation with such grace. And she's like, can I tell you about my illness? And, you Mm -hmm. know, I immediately go to, oh my God, are you serious? I have to deal with this right now. (laughs) <laughs> and I don't, and I don't want to be that way. I want to be like, oh, you right. know, let me help you understand. But you know, my my first impulse is like, I just want to smack you or, you know, roll my eyes. Well, and there's just some people that you don't have time to educate them or anything. But a short statement can sometimes just be enough. Like you know, it, it, you don't have to go into full into your illness every time, but just time sometimes like just putting them in their place with a nice short tactful statement is all you need to do. Absolutely. Um, And that's it. But there's other times where it's, it's necessary to be like, let me give you an education. Yeah. Um, Another statement though, I think that we hear quite often is have you tried? And it goes with exercise, yoga, this ointment, green tea, Oh, green tea. Green tea comes up a lot. Yes, a lot, a lot. Herbal teas, any type of herbal teas, um, meditation. Being a vegan. Have you tried being a vegan? I get that one a lot. Being a vegan, eating more meat. Eating more meat comes up for me a lot Um, because apparently I feel better when I'm a vegan and people then like to tell me, well, maybe you should try eating more meat. I just told you I feel better when I don't. Exactly. It's like, you may feel better when you eat meat, but I don't. (laughs) Yeah, I get that. Um, Yeah, there's all kinds of things that people, like miracle cures that people love. Yes. I saw this chiropractor who trained in X, Y, and Z. Um, What else is there? Acupuncture. Um, Oh, yeah. Acupuncture is a big one. 
people yeah, which works ask for me that. but doesn't work for you nicole doesn't so work at all no i wish it did that's wonderful but i'm still telling you you saw bad acupuncturist I'm, but... i will try again because i really want to do something with these sinuses so i am definitely going to go for like my, like sinus pressure and everything but i still think you need to see someone different i still think that they didn't do it right but it's different things work for different people and yeah. i get it and again this is one where i really think people are trying to be helpful I yeah. don't think they're trying to be, I mean, this is my go-to when I'm in an uncomfortable situation and I'm, I'm that person who's like, is there anything I can do to help? What can I do? Have you done this? Have you done that? And so I am a doer. I'm a doer. I don't, I'm not a sit around and just, I get really uncomfortable and I get antsy. Me too. So This is my go-to when my friends are grieving, when my friends are dealing with things. I, I have a hard time sitting around. Cause we want to fix it. We want to make them feel better. You know, we want to, we want to help them heal. That's like our first impulse, you know? So I know that a lot of times this comes from a a helpful place, um, but it is hard. It is hard when you've heard green tea 72 times from 70 different people. Mm -hmm. Um, and you want to scream because you're like, oh, seriously, I've tried it. It doesn't work because, you know, you've had your illness for 25 years and it's like you've tried everything you everything. can try besides like going down to um, Panama and getting some weird uh, like witch doctor treatment. <laughs> um, yep. And apologies to any witch doctors in Panama. I'm sure some people have had good results from your treatment. Uh but honestly, it, we sometimes just have to take that deep breath yeah. for people. Yeah. Yeah. I hear a lot. Are you sure that if you didn't eat like fast food at times mm-hmm. and um, if you maybe you drink too much coffee and I believe you're right, Kelly. I mean, I really do believe people mean to be kind, but you know, it, it's, it's hurtful because first of all, do you not think that I have tried everything and do you not think that I wouldn't try anything to feel better? And, you know, as a nurse, I tell people all the time, it is never, it is never a bad thing to be as healthy as you possibly can take care right. of your cardiovascular health, eat well, you know, et cetera, see your doctor on a regular basis. But for us, you know, that's not going to make a difference for our illnesses. Well, I also feel like it's almost like they're blaming us for our illness, yes. like, especially when they say something like you just need to get more exercise. Yeah. Or you just need to be more positive. You need to bring more, po- like, have you tried just being more positive or you just, have you tried doing more exercise? Mm-hmm. Um, like, or maybe you just need to, have you tried losing some weight? Like, mm-hmm. like it's blaming us for the ailments we have. Yeah. Um, that like we have some control over a disease that's genetic or, or, you know, a disease that's hereditary Mm -hmm. in some way, or, you know, we don't like an autoimmune disease. Like we don't have control Mm -hmm. over what we've gotten in a lot of ways. Like sure. A diabetic can help control their sugar intake to a point. Yeah. To a point. To a point. You know, depending on the type of diabetes, you know, with a type one or type two. Yeah. Um, you know, sure, you can eat healthier mm-hmm. to, and that helps to a point. Yes. Um, like exercise is not always the best. Um it exercise isn't the always best type of advice because with different types of 
chronic illness, you can't do certain types of exercise. Mm-mm, it's true. You know, that's, that's definitely a doctor conversation. It, so like, I know people are trying to be helpful, but it's, it's judgmental mm-hmm. and it puts blame on us for our chronic illnesses and it can make us feel worse. So I think we need to explain that to people too, that, you know, I have tried a bunch of things. I'm working with my doctor on what I can do, but th- I don't have control over my illness. I don't, yeah. there's, I've d- I'm doing everything I can to try and live a better life with my illness, but my illness has control over my body. Well, and even if somebody, you know, there's an illness out there that you could have you know, caught or something, we still don't have the right to tell people they don't get to be sick. You know, no one's perfect. We've all made mistakes. So we just need to practice true compassion with people before you say anything, please think, is this compassionate or how would I feel in that situation? Right. And, but I mean, but, and also when you're responding to that, just, you know, I know you're trying to be helpful and I appreciate Mm -hmm. the helpfulness, but I, I, I really have like tried just about everything I, I can try. Um, and that's why I'm working closely with my doctor on things. Yeah. And, and believe yeah. me, they're still going to go through their laundry list. They do. And I tell people they, to stop after a while. Yeah. I'm like, I, I appreciate where you're coming from. I'm like, but at this point, you know, when they say it more than once, you know, I'll usually take someone's hand or talk to them and say, Hey, I know you're trying to help me and I appreciate it. But it, you know, at this point now it's making me feel bad, bad. because yeah. I have no control over what's happening to me. Yeah. And you, you just have to like shut down the conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I'm not going to have that conversation with the same person, especially right. five, 10 times. I'm just not going to. Or, or yeah. Like I, I have this conversation with people about salt intake because I have to keep my salt intake exceptionally high. And people are always trying to tell me to reduce my salt sodium. <laughs> always. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I have pots and I have like I take like an immense amount of sodium a day and I have low blood pressure. Yeah. Like my blood pressure is not high. I don't have problems with the amount of sodium I take in and people think I need to reduce my sodium. And like, that's how I end up on the floor. Yeah, that's right. I I need sodium. And they're like, oh, but you're going to bloat and you're going to desync. And I was like, you don't know my body, my doctor. And I know my body, like, I'm going to go with the medical advice. Thanks. Yes. Exactly. But thanks for your advice. You can reduce all the sodium you want. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to continue to do what my doctor's telling me to do. Yes. And that's so important. Mm-hmm. You know, there are reasons why we do what we do, you know, and intake what we intake, you know, even though someone else might not understand it. Right. Or, oh my gosh, you're putting so many chemicals in your body. Have <sighs> you tried more natural things. And and this happens a lot, especially in California, because people love their natural, natural stuff. And um, I mean, and it's totally different when you're talking to other people who have chronic illness, because I think other people who have chronic illness, we're having a real conversation because we know we're we're sharing ideas with one another. But when you're talking to someone who doesn't have a chronic illness, totally different conversation. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, you just have to shut it down after a little bit. Yeah. That's just not fair. You know, I, I yeah. tell everyone, I'm like, look, my, my disease process, there's no cause, no cure. Yeah. You know, and I've had people ask me, you really, you've done chemo for lupus. Like I, they don't understand why. So, and they will ask, and I love mm-hmm. sharing with like the, I love sharing why. So people truly understand when they ask me, I'm never offended by that, but it's just the, 
the way you say it too sometimes, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. And I love the curious people. The curious people are my favorites. Yeah. When they're, um, when they're like, can you tell like, oh, you have this? Can what, what is that? Tell me more about it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I could, I could hug those people. I won't hug those people right now because yeah, I don't want COVID, <laughs> but, um, I love when people ask and that they want to know more. I, I don't always love when they go and they Google the things we have, because, um, I have some people who have called me and they're like, are you going to die? Um, mm-hmm. or, or like, certain other people in my life who were like, I don't think you have that. Cause I haven't seen you in five years. And like, I don't think you have these things. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. Okay. Let me explain why I do. Um, exactly. Yeah. But most of the time, like people just are curious and they're like, you know, I was reading up on this disease and can, you know, I was reading these things happen. Are these things happening to you? Yeah. And asking really good questions. And I was like, those are the people you want to keep in your life. Cause oh, these yeah. are people who are like, they're going to be there for you. Cause they took such an investment in what you told them that they went out and researched your disease and they're yeah. asking you questions. Oh my gosh. Amazing. I'm always flattered by that. When someone says, Hey, you know, I went and looked up your illness. Can I ask you some questions? So I, there's a lot, I don't understand. And I'm thinking to myself, you went and took time out and you learned something, even if you're not understanding it, you still wanted to learn. And now you're coming back to me and giving me space to tell you what this is like. And that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just appreciate those people so much. Me too. So much. And, um, and then if you have those people who then say, have you tried? Because I was reading that this works. That's a very different conversation for me. Yes. Because they now have like, looked things up. They've looked stuff up that, that maybe works and they're getting to know you. And they're trying to ask like, where are you at with your illness? These are people who really are trying to take an investment. So there's different conversations you're having with different people. Um, but like when people just come out of the blue and say, have you tried X, Y, and Z? It's, it's such a different conversation with them. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. The, the people who've thing, researched have act, it's genuine. Gen, it's, a yeah, genuine it's a genuine, genuine curiosity. Yeah. Um, so another thing people love to say is not love to say, but do say is it could be worse. Oh. You could have, you know, stage four uh cancer that you'll only have three weeks to live. And you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Don't you want to say public service announcement? Never say that to anyone. (laughs) It's just terribly rude. (laughs) Like that is really diminishing my, my disease. That is, that is, I, I don't, that is the one I have a really hard time with. Um, I know that they're saying it to try and maybe cheer you up. I know that they're trying to say it because they're thinking, well, if I tell them it could be worse, then it makes them feel better about what they have. It's the only reason I'm thinking someone would say this to you um, in a positive way. Uh, Because the only other side of it is they're trying to diminish what you have and tell you that what you have doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it is like, this is the one that gets under my skin. Oh, yeah. You can, t- like, if you can't tell by my voice right now, I'm totally <laughs> bristling at this one. Like, my my hands are kind of in fists. 
and I'm really like stiffening up because I have to hold back on wanting to scream about this one. I don't like it at all. Like I Mm -hmm. have to take a really deep breath when someone says this to me. Outside of like Nicole and I having this conversation because we do it in a, we we have it in a very different way. Yeah. It's kind of like a reminder, like, you know, yeah, things are really rough, but you know, you're going to get through it or, you know, we say it in a completely different context. Yeah. Yeah. Nicole and I are like Murphy's lawing it when we do it. Um, (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But we've also known each other like almost 30 years. Yeah. It's very different when it's your close friends or family that you talk about a lot of things with. This is more like people who don't know you very well or like your coworkers just being like, yeah, it could be worse. You could have X, Y, or Z. You know, my cousin has this and, you know, he's bedridden and has bed sores and nurses and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, I, this is not making me feel better. No. This is not like, no, can we focus on me for a second? Can we focus on the fact that I can't get out of bed in the morning very well? And I'm sick half the time, or I have to go on disability now because I can't work or, you know, how am I going to take care of my kids? Like it, I know you're saying it could be worse and yeah, but it's pretty bad right now. Yeah. And it's just, that's just straight up dismissive. You know, it's, it's part of our, our culture though, for people to say, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps and, <sighs> and keep it moving. And I'm like, you know, that is, that is such an ignorant statement because yeah. not everybody can do that for one. And just because that's the way or where you're at psych- psychologically, you know, you just don't want to deal with your issues. So you're just going to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and keep it moving. The rest of us <laughs> may not be able to do that or don't want to just ignore what's going uh, on. Some of us don't have enough spoons to be pulling up bootstraps. That's the truth. <laughs> no. Even I mean, thinking about that makes me tired. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm like, oh, bootstraps are hard. That's right. The, it could be worse thing. It, this one is really hard. It, it's, it's really difficult. Like, be, and mostly because like, I, this is the one that gets under my skin. So I, I think this is when you really have to turn around and educate someone on an illness and you have to say, you know what, it could be worse. I could have whatever they mentioned to you, but right now it's, it's really hard. And I think we need to focus on how hard it is for me right now than, than talking about how much worse it could get and yeah. just really remind them that it's not about someone else. It's not about some other disease. It's not about any of that. It's about you and your situation in the moment and turn it back around on you. Yeah. Um, and, and you could say, you know, I need help with this right now. Yeah. Not about the what ifs. Exactly. Cause a lot of us in the chronic illness community feel very guilty about being sick, about being, Mm -hmm. for those of us that are on disability, we do feel very guilty about that. I know that I feel guilty, you know, about maybe being a burden a lot of the time. That's something that comes to mind. So I don't want someone to come back at me with that statement. It could be worse because now you're making me already feel 10 times worse Mm -hmm. than I normally feel. Yeah. There's so much guilt in the chronic illness community. And, Mm -hmm. and as someone who, you know, grew up, feeling guilty if I ever asked for help. I've had to learn to ask for help over time. And even before, like I started really having bad symptoms of my chronic illness, it was something I was grateful that I learned how to do. Now that I do have these symptoms, I'm grateful I learned it because I need to ask for more help now. And 
I, I think we do need to have some real hard conversations about chronic illness guilt and how to get over that and work on being more assertive in asking for what we need. And this is one of those situations that I think when someone says it could be worse, you turn it back on yourself and focus on your needs because your needs matter. Your needs matter too. It's just like when someone says to push through it, when someone says, you know, just be patient or all these things, focus on your needs. Yeah. Because they're dismissing them. That's right. And you are a priority. Make yourself a priority. Which is really hard because, you know, with having chronic illness, we all feel like we shouldn't be a priority a lot of the time. Uh, I mean, and we're not saying to be a totally selfish person and all that stuff, but you do have to take care of yourself because if you take care of yourself, you can't take care of anyone else either. Uh, And we we just have to really focus in on that a little bit more than we do. Um, It's not easy. And me saying it sounds like I'm being dismissive and sounds like, oh yeah, I'm giving you a platitude. Uh, it takes work. It yes. takes hard work. Yes. And you have to, you have to really put in the effort to learn to be assertive and ask for help and focus on yourself. Oh yeah. It's effort every day. Every day. There's been that. a long time that I, I could never, when somebody would make a comment to me and say, cause I used to hear all the time, I would be like, oh God, I'm so tired today. Oh, me too. And that would just, oh, yeah. that would, that would just infuriate me. But I felt like I couldn't say anything back. Like I didn't have the right. And I suffered in silence for a long time. I just let people say whatever they wanted to me. And then slowly, yep. slowly things yep. started to change. And I thought, you know, that's not okay for you to say. It's just not. Well, that's a big thing that people say. And they say it all the time. I know what you're saying. I get tired too. And the difference between tired and fatigued is so huge that I want to put up billboards around Los Angeles. This is tired. This is fatigued. Um, You said it on the last episode and I will repeat it. Um, Being fatigued is like getting hit like a bus and the bus landing on top of you and staying there. Like it is not like being tired is you you take a nap and you wake up refreshed. Yeah. We don't get refreshed. We don't get refreshed. Fatigue is very, very different. And people just really have a hard time understanding it um, until they have it. Yeah. There's nothing that's going to make them understand fatigue. Mm -mm. They they can grasp the concept of it and then understand what you need when you're fatigued. Yes. Understand like your periods of fatigue, what your life is like when you're fatigued, um, that it's a long-term period of being tired that you can't recover from. Right. And that's the really only way they're going to kind of get the concept. Yeah. Uh, and, and you'll determine who's your friend and who doesn't care that you're fatigued because they're just going to tell you to push through it no matter what. Oh, yeah. Um, Those are things we have to have a good conversation about, too, when to know that, you know, just because you're sick doesn't mean you need to accept everybody in your life who will give you a little bit of attention, which is really easy, though, to do because you don't feel very worthy when you've been sick a long time. So, you know, it's very I tell people all the time, I say, I'm not tired. I'm fatigued. You can push through your tired. But if I push through my fatigue or try to, I will either pass out or I will pay for it for the next week. Yeah. Very, very different things. Yes. 
Um, and the, and the true friends are going to understand that difference that yeah. if they don't understand it, they'll respect it. There's, there's people, the people who respect it will say things like, you know, oh my gosh, so sorry you had to cancel. I know you didn't want to miss this or, you know, next time let's do something you feel up to. Maybe we can just come over and watch a movie or they'll say, you know, is there anything I can do to help you? Can I bring over some soup? Can I bring, you know, I know that you're too tired to cook dinner. Yeah. Can I bring something over that I cooked? Uh, there's, there's things that people are going to say when you're fatigued that, that they can say versus, oh, I know what you're saying. I get tired too. They, yes. you know, oh, I know you're fatigued. I'll let you rest. Just let me know, you know, when you feel up to things. Yeah. And, and come back. Don't just be like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, you know, I hope you feel better or, you know, I, I be honest and say, Hey, you know, if you need the rest, I'm still here when you feel like you have some more energy. I'm not going anywhere. That's, that's the other part. I'm not going anywhere. Um, because I think sometimes people just go off the radar because we can't do things for long periods of time or yeah. we're always canceling. Um, and that, that I hope you feel better is another platitude we get from people quite a bit. And that is just a platitude that any sick person gets. Yeah. That I hope you feel better. What people don't realize when we tell them we have a chronic illness is it's chronic and not going away. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That kind of makes you feel like they didn't hear anything you just said. Well, I hope you feel better. It's just, you know, one of those things you throw out there, you really don't care at all, you know, but, and I told someone once, because I was so upset. I'm like, but I'm never going to get better. This is a forever illness. And sometimes I think they mean like, I hope you feel better tomorrow. Yeah. This, you know, eases up a little bit for you. Like, I don't think they necessarily mean, I hope you're cured. I, I just think, you know, it's just like something that comes out of their mouth. Yeah. An illness. So like, it's just something you say when someone has an illness. Yeah. Um, but sometimes so, people don't care. They don't care. They just yeah. like, they'll send you like a get well card. Like, uh, yeah. I, you know, people go on disability and they get like flowers with a get well card from people. Yeah. You spent like 25 bucks on this bouquet, but if you really wanted to sit down and think about it, you could have given me like a $25 gift card to like the grocery store, yeah. <laughs> you know, cause you're struggling yeah. so much when you're on disability, but yeah. And I, I agree with you. I don't believe people again are being malicious by saying it all the time. No, no. I just, I just think it's the go-to response for people. Yeah. It's so generic. It's so generic. Yes. Um, <laughs> like when people and, say, how are you? And they don't care. <laughs> right. They, they just don't care. No. Um, also, I think it just sometimes comes out. I just do like, you know, you're on the phone with the pizza guy ordering your pizza and you go to hang up and you're like, love you. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Oh my God, that's happened to Oops. me so many times. Oh yeah, I just told the pizza guy I loved him. That's great. <laughs> Hope he's not the one who delivers my pizza. He's gonna be like, yes. <laughs> yeah, I just told a 14-year-old that I loved him. I'm going to jail now. That's right. um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, so true. <laughs> but I just think it comes out of people's mouths. So it depends on the situation with this one, but it does. I, I just, I kind of just shake my head when people say this. Me too. I don't get as upset when people say it unless they like are really being mean about it and really stupid about it. But I, people just say it and I just shake my head and I'm like, uh huh, it's not happening. <laughs> 
But thanks. Thanks for that one. Yeah. If they don't know me real well, you know, and someone says that you're, I say silly stuff and stuff I shouldn't say, I put my foot in my mouth all the time. So I'm not, and I don't want people to feel like, like friends that they can't say, man, I had a rough day today and I'm so tired. You know, I, that's not what we mean by any of this. You know, this is just those things that you're not thinking, you know, all the time. And you say this, you know, on a regular basis, you know? Well, and that's the other side. It's like, none of this is like stuff that I, I don't, again, yeah. People who are close to you should be able to say just about anything. Yes. We don't mean anything like that. Like I positive, some of this stuff has come out of my mouth when I've talked to you, Nicole, at times, like, but our conversations are very different when we talk about these things, because Mm -hmm. going through it and going through it together, when I've said, I'll tell you when I've been really tired, or I'll say something like, you know, I hope you feel better tomorrow. And I know what you mean by that. Yeah. Yeah. Totally different because we've known each other for so long that we don't say those things. One of the things though, that I have not said to you ever that I think this gets under my skin as someone who's worked in social services is must be nice not to have to go to work or go to school. Oh my God. That one's like a dagger to the heart. It really is for me. Because I think any one of us, well, I mean, I'm not, but like any one of any person who's chronically ill would gladly go back to work or go back to school and not have their chronic illness. Oh my God. Yes. Trade that any day, any day, any day. Like and I'm fortunate like now that I can work, you know, that I work part-time and, you know, I'm able to do it and I'm, I'm very, I'm very fortunate, but you know, there was a long time where I did not and could not work. And, you yeah. know, when I had to go on disability, when things, you know, had really gotten to, they gotten bad. It was a horrible feeling. I used to work two to three jobs all the time. You know, I could get up and go somewhere with friends at any given moment. You know, I mean, not that I had tons and tons of energy, but I sure felt a lot better than I do now. Oh yeah. You know, so it makes things very different. You're limited, you know, for where you go, if you want to go out to eat with like people and you feel like, oh my God, this is like going to be 30 bucks. You know how much this is going to set me back, you know, stuff like that. It's, there's so much to think about. And and people don't realize that people don't realize that, you know, going on disability is not just sitting around having a party at home every day. Nope. There's you, you have a limited income. Mm -hmm. You have limited work opportunities. Mm -hmm. You are most of your time is filled with doctor's appointments, you know, trying to sort out all your medical bills, medical records, mm-hmm. medical this, medical that. Mm-hmm. Plus you're trying to keep a roof over your head. Mm-hmm. Um, some people just trying to keep your kids fed. Yes. Your family's organized. Like there's so much that goes on, even though you're not going to a 40 hour a week job or, you know, going to full-time classes. Like, and, and by the way, you're, you're doing all that with a chronic illness. It gives you brain fog that or you have chronic pain, can barely get out of bed, or you need to have a caregiver help you. I just, I, I really hate this. And most of the time it's said by people who don't understand the disability system or believe that everyone is on public assistance is just milking public assistance. Yeah. I just, I have a really, really hard time with this one. And, and again, it, it goes along with, it could be worse that I bristle at it. And I, this one, I, probably let loose on people more than I 
am nice with people. <laughs> oh, I, I'm the same way. I do. I've, I've even had friends, you know, say, you know, not close friends, but more of acquaintances like, well, you know what makes me mad is, you know, I'll go in and I'll see people pull out cash and I know they're sick or that they're on welfare. And then they buy a candy bar with cash instead of using their, you know, EBD card or something. And I'm like, you don't, you don't know the situation that's going on there at all. And yes, there are mm. some people who milk the, the system. I get of it. Course. But the majority of people, believe me, the shame that comes with being on like disability and, you know, people looking at you a certain way is huge. You don't choose to be on public assistance. It's embarrassing. Really? You know, it's, it's just very difficult way well, to live. I'm, I'm also trying to figure out I'm also trying to figure out how did they know that the person who's buying that candy bar was on public assistance? Because they used their EBT card for the rest of what they bought, but then they oh, took and out then cash. bought a candy bar with cash. And I'm okay. like, but what if I'm like, how do you know that someone didn't give them the money and say, hey, could you pick me up a candy bar when you're right. at the store? You know, and it's, it's stuff like that. Just like I hear people say all the time, honestly, I can't believe her. I know that she's she's on public assistance and look, she's wearing such and such brand. How do you know she didn't get that from, you know, like the thrift shop? Because I've gotten brand new great oh, stuff yeah, at the go, thrift shop. <laughs> absolutely. You can go to, come on, I live in LA. You can go to the thrift shops and find like some serious, awesome brand name stuff yes. at some thrift shops. Yes. No, you, that's just, that's not a great response either. And no, you can find that. Like also, I, I just, I have issues with the whole public assistance judgment me thing. too. And how do you know that that wasn't gifted to her? Yes. Also, how yes. do you know? Exactly. Like, we don't, we, I, we're not there to judge. We're not there to judge. No, we're not. Also like, but people, I know people have said it, to, said this to you, Nicole, because they think you're sitting at home all day, just having a grand old party mm-hmm. or like they've been, they've judged you because you go to friends' houses mm-hmm. And they think like you're going there to just, you know, again, party all day, but yep. you, I know you, you would go to a friend's house and you would sit on the couch yeah, and just like, cause you, you just wanted someone to talk to. Yeah, exactly. Not like to be it, alone all the time. Right. It wasn't like you were going somewhere to some big old party and Mm-mm. hanging out with a bunch of people. You would go to a friend's house and just sit there and talk to them while they folded their laundry or something. Exactly. And it makes all the difference in the world. You know, I mean, like I'm, I don't want to say I'm fortunate that I have friends that are chronically ill, but I mean of their chronic illness, but I am fortunate because they get it. And sometimes, you know, I'll go to one of my friend's house and we'll just lay in bed and like listen to music or watch TV or talk about like how we're feeling. And it's so nice because it's, it's such a comfort, you know, to have someone who gets it. And then I can just lay there with you and you're not expecting me to rip and run the streets with you. Yeah. I just, I don't know what people expect um, about disability and people with disability and what they think disability should be, or that, that they think that people on disability, people who get disability should only be so disabled that they can't like, that they're basically vegetables. Exactly. I just, I'm not understanding the, the stigma that goes, that goes along with it. I don't either. Um, but that statement, so that statement just completely gets under my skin because I know how hard it is to be on disability, the stigma that's associated with disability, and the fact that people aren't just hanging out, having a party all day. No. Mm-mm. 
Nope. And you try to keep your life as normal as possible. I, I would never allow myself to turn on the TV during the day. That's something I did for myself. Like I was like, no, I'm not going to get into that, you know, kind of situation. I want to try to do something where I feel like I've accomplished just a little bit today, you know, but I don't make myself feel bad anymore when I can't do anything, but lay in bed. That's what I can do. And that's okay. And I know from the other side, like working a full-time job and trying to go to all the doctor's appointments and, and, and handle all that. I feel sometimes like I'm working two full-time jobs. It is like working two full-time jobs. You are. I understand why some people have to go on disability because they, you know, I, I'm grateful for an employer that allowed me to go to all my doctor's appointments when I needed to, but not everyone has that. No. So, you know, disability sometimes is a necessity because not everyone has the luxury. Mm-mm. Um, but it, what, when you're deep into your chronic illness, your chronic illness becomes a full-time job. Yeah, definitely. It really yeah. does. And people without chronic illnesses don't understand that they, they go to their GP once a year for a physical, you know, they go to their dentist maybe twice a year, yep. a high doctor appointment. And they're like, peace, I'm done. That's it. Yeah. If that, if they do that, if they do that, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. they're staying remotely healthy. Yeah. They don't have 10 doctors that they see on a mm-hmm. monthly basis. Exactly. It's true because I think to myself every week when I look at my calendar, I'm like, I don't have a doctor's appointment this week. Did I forget to write it down? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm calling doctors. I'm like, are you sure I don't see you this week? Right. <laughs> Cause it's so rare that I'm not like going to get blood drawn or something. And you know what my disease process right now is it's, it's moderate, but I mean, and there are, you know, I mean, it can, the disease process can really get severe. Yes. So I'm fortunate that I don't have it so severely where I'm in chronic kidney failure and everything else, but you know, it's still going to the doctor and putting yourself at risk because of COVID right now and yes. other little viruses and bacteria that, you know, are waiting at the doctor's office. You don't want to do that and come in contact with that stuff, you know? Yeah. So, and we're there so much. It's like, great. So much. <laughs> now what? <laughs> but yeah, so that is definitely one that gets under my skin. Yeah. Um, so again, that's an educational moment. I think that we have to educate people what, what, being on disability is and is not. Yeah. Um, and talk about, you know, being a chronically ill person is a full-time job. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's, that's just a big one, but you know, I think when we're educating people, it's really, again, like I said, the burden is falling to us when we respond to these things to, to, you know, be as tactful as possible to educate people as much as we can. Yes. To, to kind of make sure people understand the things they should be saying. Yes. You know, like, I hope tomorrow is a better day. Is yeah. there anything I can do to help? Mm-hmm. You know, can you tell me more about what this is? Like, how, you know, they should be saying things like, I'm sorry you're going through so much or how are you doing with your treatment? Those are the things they should be asking, you know? Yeah. And to, to try and educate someone, they'll learn to say those things. And so maybe we're the mistake, but to the next person that they meet with a chronic illness, they'll be better. Yeah, definitely. So the more we educate people about this, the better it'll be. So educating people, speaking of that, these are, you know, I said it at the beginning, but as a reminder, I'm going to be putting these and a few more other top items not to say on our blog. 
Um, I'll be putting things you can say up on the blog. <laughs> Yay. Yay. So this is a blog post you guys can share, um, you know, wherever you want to share them. If you have, you know, you can share them on your social media, you can share them wherever. Uh, you can also feel free to comment on them. This is not a comprehensive list by far. I am sure that you guys have heard plenty more and we'd love to hear more, but most definitely feel free to comment with your own um, stories. I love to hear stories. These are my favorite because this is just Nicole and I sharing stories <laughs> about yeah. what we've heard. Yeah. Uh, we want to hear what you've gone through. Because we've definitely, you know, heard these plenty of times. Yes. Uh, you know, I ache and pop too. Well, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, okay. Um, so do I every day. So we'd love to hear more about your experiences and what, you know, you are going through, because I think the more we share, the more community we build. Um, yeah. Know that, oh yeah, you know what? Someone said that to me too. How'd you deal with it? I, I think hearing those type of things really helps us out a lot. We have the Facebook group where you can also share there. That's a private group. So, you know, no one on Facebook, no one in public can see it. Um, we have Twitter where you can share it. We have Instagram where you can comment and share all these places. You can just share your experiences. It's so great. Yes. It's wonderful. Such a great community. It is. Um, and again, the website is www.chronicspoonful.com. And um, that's it for this week. We'll chat with you guys again next week. Definitely. Have a great week, you guys. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.